This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. Well, good Tuesday morning, everybody. I am Glenda Geek from Ocala, Florida. And I'm Karen Chatton from Gardnerville, Nevada, and you are listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for January 12th. This is episode 1336. This episode is brought to you by the American Endurance Ride Conference. Good morning, horse world. This is the American Endurance Ride Conference from Auburn, California. 25 horses. This group promotes the sport of endurance riding. Plus riders, as both riders and more horses, uh, they're conditioned to ride actually up to 100 miles a day. Some horses actually in this group have logged in 10,000 to 15,000 miles. Well, that's right. It's all going to be about the Rose Bowl Parade today, as uh, as we hear from some of Karen's fellow riders. And of course, Karen has her own stories to tell. Good morning, Karen. Good morning. How exciting. I love that opener. Thanks, Jennifer. <laughs> and it is the, uh, well, it was hard to find the sound of the announcers, you know, actually talking about it. Uh-huh. Uh, so uh, she did the best she could there. But yeah, it, uh, we got to watch you guys live. We were sat and watched the whole parade. Actually, it was a very good parade this year. The floats were cool and uh, it was kind of neat. Does it smell like flowers the whole time? It does a little bit, yes. I mean, we were behind the Stanford band. So we weren't really. So it smells like sweaty college kids, is what. (laughs) Yes. Oh my gosh, those kids have so much energy to be bouncing around like they were for that long. I'm sure they were exhausted the next day. They probably felt like they did an endurance run. Well, we're going to talk all about it and uh, find out more about just everything that went on. You did Equifest beforehand and and camped on the highway and, and all of that. And I'm sure a lot of people would love to hear about how it goes when you're doing a rose parade. So uh, we're excited to hear all about that. And and really, you're, you're, you won't have another ride now for a little while, right? You yourself? <laughs> Right. A few more weeks because we're in the middle of winter right now. We still have snow and mud and the ground is frozen. <laughs> cool. So, yeah. Well, it gives, cool, you, it gives, gives your horses a little bit of a break. Uh, exactly. Yeah, a little exactly. bit of time off. Yeah, they got to recover from that five and a half miles. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> they did on January You know first. what? The, uh, stress-wise, that was probably as much as 100 miles. Uh, well, mentally, I think it was the most I've ever asked out of a horse, mentally. But physically, it was no big deal. Yeah, not me, physically, but, but mentally. Just <laughs> mentally. Oh, my gosh. Yes. That was overwhelmingly um, just an incredible thing for them to deal with all of them, the whole group. It was, you know, you know, the fact that none of them spun around and bolted when the Stanford band entered the, um, the parade route in front of us. <laughs> I was just impressed with that. Yeah. The, and for those that don't know, the Stanford band is wild. They do not march in formation. Uh, they're dancing the whole time. It, it, they're just having a party while they're playing. They're jumping and their mascot is a tree. 
who yeah, which is kind of odd. <laughs> these like long branches, and so when the mascot spins around, it's like a little whirling tornado looking thing, and it you know the the mascot and all the band members they come jumping and hopping and spinning and dancing out into the parade route right in front of the horses <laughs> while they were getting us all staged and lined up in order oh my gosh <laughs> <laughs> well jennifer what is coming up in today's show and then we'll just talk more about it on today's endurance episode brought to you by the aerc everything is coming up roses so glad to be able to say that as Karen and her guests, Julie Sir and Shelly Child, each share their adventures riding in the 2016 Rose Parade in Pasadena, California. And Rose Parade equestrian chair Ellen Swaggerty is going to stop by with the insider's look at the best smelling parade in the world. So stay tuned for the parade, folks. Thank you, Jennifer. So now you went out there and you had you guys actually had to get there some days in advance for something that's called Equifest, right? Right. The Equest e- Fest. Equest Fest, sorry. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes. It's at the Los Angeles Equestrian Center at the Equidome, and that was on December 29th. So we had to get there a day or two before that just to get the horses. You, you know, ready and to do a practice and then to, d- to do the performance in the Equest Fest, which was really cool. They had several thousand people there in the Equidome, um, you, you know, so that was kind of exciting. That's, that's at the LA itself. Equestrian Center, I think it's mm-hmm. called. Yep, yep. Yes. And RFD televises it. So if anybody wants to see it, they can go look it up on YouTube or the RFD webpage and uh, see all of the equestrian groups that are in the Rose Parade are there. And so that was kind of cool for us to be there all week with all these other groups and to get to hang out with them. And, you know, my dogs got to play with uh, Chip and April, the Budweiser Clydesdale mascot Dalmatian dogs. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so that was really cool. And then we got to just see and hang out with all these other groups, which was kind of fun to, to get And there to were see, a variety you know. of horses in those groups, that's for sure. There are. And it's so cool. You know, those drill teams are amazing. Where's the, and of course, the Norco drill team was there. They've been in that parade for a long time. Right. Because yeah. they're local. Yeah. Um, but they're really, really good, too. They're kind of... It's just so neat to get to see all of that. It's very impressive. And, you know, the Budweiser Clydesdales, the, uh, they had Shires... Just all the different breeds of horses and the different, you know, horse people and the different groups. It was just really a neat Between the shy- or Shires and the Clydesdales, there were a lot of feathers uh, in that parade. They were. <laughs> you know, we were like kind of sweating it, getting our endurance horses cleaned up because they have winter coats. But I can tell you, it's nothing compared to getting those Clydesdales, all their white feathers on their legs cleaned. And you could see like... The day before, they're walking them around, and they're all, I mean, dingy colored. And by the next morning before the performance, they were just spotless, absolutely um, white as could be. So, you know, those um, grooms and crew that take care of those horses, they really know what they're doing. I I would not want to clean that harness every day. That's (laughs) a lot of harness. (laughs) Oh my gosh! And everything they have is just impeccably clean. It, it's, it's the breast just, collars alone. The collars they put over their necks, uh, the neck collars there that they use are, weigh eighty pounds each. 
Uh, I know. The whole harness weighs in at about 150 pounds uh, on each horse. Can you imagine handling that eight times every day, (laughs) six times every day? I know. Well, what was really impressive, too, was the handlers. Every morning they were out walking all of these horses, and each handler would have um, two or three Clydesdales that they're walking. And you got to remember, these horses are double the size of my horses. Yeah, they're 18 plus. (laughs) Yes. So they were out there walking, you know, two or three of these, you know, gigantic horses. And they're just the, you know, they're sweethearts. I mean, you could tell they're obviously um, easy to handle because, I mean, you know, some endurance horses, you wouldn't even want to try to handle two of them together, let alone three. Um, But it was just really a neat thing to be there. Now, you had two of your horses there, right? I did, both of my horses. And Uh how'd they they do in an Equist Fest? They did very well. They both handled it just fine. I was able to get them in there earlier in the morning before everybody got there, the public and stuff, and um, trot them around in there and get them kind of familiar with it. So it was no big deal. We've been practicing in uh, different arenas and stuff all this last year to get them exposed to as many things as we could so that they wouldn't go in there and go, ah, you know, and have a meltdown. And they didn't. They were fine. Um, But then again, I've also got two of the more experienced horses in the group with all the miles and years they've seen and done just about everything, especially now. So they they did well. And They've never done a million people in a crowd before. So this was a first. (laughs) This was a first. Yes, you don't. It just doesn't get that many spectators. No, you know, you, we've done the local, the one of the local parades we did, they estimated had about 35,000 people, which seemed like a lot, you know, compared to one of, you know, the smaller parades, but it's nothing compared to the Rose Parade. I mean, you can't even, it's hard to even explain what the feeling is like when you come around Television Corner and you make that turn and the uh, the grandstands are like 60 feet tall on both sides of the road and there's cameras all over the place. There's cameras on booms that are following along the side of you. You kind of feel like you're being chased by this alien looking thing, you know? (laughs) (laughs) You know what uh, struck me, Karen? I was was going through a lot of videos this morning and I watched a bunch of the ones that you had posted on your Facebook page. And the ones where you were videoing, where you were just about ready to go onto the parade route, you were in the staging area and there were floats and things and bands going in front of you. Mm It's the incredible... Uh, decibel level. It is so loud. You really don't get a feel for that watching it on TV because their their microphones are designed to pick up certain bits of sound. But uh-huh. when you're actually there between the crowds and the bands and the people getting ready and the floats with the loud music, oh my gosh! Did, did you or your horse wear earplugs? Well, I actually did have earplugs in my horse, and I made them out of cat toys. Um, the little round fuzzy ball things. I I I use knee work. highs. I put them in knee highs and cut, cut, tied them in a knot and cut them off. And I shoved those down into my horse's ears. And it I don't know if it made a difference or not, but it didn't hurt. And they handled them fine. They actually I finished with three of them in out of four. And the one that came out came out right when we got back to the trailer at the end of the parade. <laughs> you know they do make those right. They do, but you know, I got them at the. Do- it cost me a dollar. Well, that's true. <laughs> Karen is my DIY hero. 
Love it. And I, you know, and I could sacrifice the knee highs. It's not like I, I needed them to wear them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Horse so, girls don't wear those a lot. Uh, yeah. Probably, no, yeah. not too much. Yeah. Probably not. So, so now, so now, so you got done with uh, Equus Fest. And then the night before, uh, we talked about this on the last show, the night before you guys all head over there with your trailers and your horses. And this is every horse group, not just you guys, but every mm-hmm. horse group. And then you camp out on the highway. What was that like? Right, the I-210 Pasadena Freeway. <laughs> so we loaded up from the equestrian center about 8.30 or, or so and pulled out just before 9 o'clock that night on New Year's Eve. And it wasn't a very long drive, you know, maybe 20 minutes because we were on the on our camping spot on the freeway and, you know, ready to to get situated by 9.30. And they give us all a certain amount of real estate. They've got the cones and the signs set up for each group where we all have to fit in. That's why ahead of time we had to pre-measure the length of all of our rigs. And we had eight rigs and a total of 23 horses. And we got all set up and we were able to get the horses out for those that are comfortable with that. Uh, yeah, well, did some stay in the trailer and some some hang some, out on the on the tarmac? Exactly, yeah. some did. You know, I mean, you just it's up to the the um, individual as to what they're comfortable with. And my horses have camped out enough on enough different kinds of things. I knew they would be happier being out. Plus, we were able to walk them, which was really kind of cool because it's like midnight almost, New Year's Eve, and I'm walking my horses up and down the freeway and in the overpass above me the parade floats are going by cuz they're going to stage to get staged and lined up where they go at midnight that i mean people don't even realize how much uh, detail and planning and the timing that goes into this kind of parade they've just got the logistics i mean just, yeah the logistics <laughs> are incredible but just how awesome was it you know here we are looking up on this overpass and you see the silhouette of all these just magnificent um, rose parade floats going by above us over our heads and and so that was kind of a cool thing just I mean, I thought it was cool. I know other people would probably rather be um, staying in a hotel room somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> it was, and it turned out it was actually really nice weather too. You didn't have any rain, and it, you know, it turned out really good that way. So then, what time did they roust you up in the morning? Because the parade starts at eleven a.m. Eastern time, which is what seven. Um, eight, o'clock, uh, eight o'clock. Eight o'clock. Eight o'clock yes. uh, uh, Pacific time. Eight, nine, ten, eleven. Yes. <laughs> eight o'clock Pacific time. <laughs> what time did they roust you up and then you have to get in line and all that stuff? Well, that's the other thing. Every group has their own schedule. And we were told that we should um, get up at, I, I think it was 522. And I don't know where they came up with the twos. And then mounted, tacked up and mounted at no later than 722. And then we would ride down the freeway up the... Um, the off-ramp and then across a bridge (laughs) and then into our staging our first staging area where we did a little more you know um, finally getting stuff checked and make sure that we had everything together and then they let us down um, through through a gate and then down to Waverly in the corner where we got to watch the the floats and everything start to assemble and, and go in front of us and and get into our order and so, um, so how long were you waiting uh, there? Y- you know, that's the weird thing. It, 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 
went by so fast because we thought, you know, we would be like dreading the just sitting around waiting, waiting, waiting. But by the time we actually, you know, from the time we got on our horses until we were actually in the parade route, it was just a blur. It went by so fast. It's just kind of like you were in a time warp, all the stuff that's going on. I I think it's just, you know, we talked about the horses have, you know, being overwhelmed Mm -hmm. by the sensory overload. I mean, as a rider, I think I was more overwhelmed than my horse. (laughs) (laughs) Now, were they freaking out? And, you know, were they freaking out before the, or were they all just in sensory overload and kind of just hanging as a group? You know, I think that's the benefit of our horses having done the parades in the last year, because when they're these same horses are together in a group because they've done this before together, they're like, oh, it's another parade. It's not a big deal. And I think the majority of our horses were pretty calm and laid back. You can see in the pictures, a lot of the pictures I posted, the horses are just standing there as calm as could be and they were fine you know we were watching the floats go by and you know and then a float would go by that had stuff spinning and ruling on it and playing music and and but the horses would just look at it like it was just one more thing going down the road it was no big deal and you got you were in the first row weren't you Yes, yeah, I was. yeah, lead the way <laughs> there's just was, something you want to do in the rose parade were you nervous before you headed out not really. No? I, okay. You know, I was sort or of like... Were you just too tired? <laughs> I know, huh? No, well, we were... The anticipation of yeah, it. Yeah, the adrenaline was going. You know, yeah. The adrenaline, you just want to get out there. And then once you get out there, I actually felt pretty comfortable. Um, You know, I didn't feel that Chief was going to do anything silly. I think I was more nervous that Bo, initially when we first started, he was behind me in the second row. Um, and I couldn't see him. So I had no, I see, that's the thing when you're in the front, you don't even know if the rest of the group is back there. Yeah, not. because you're looking ahead, you're not really looking back. So, right, you have too many things going on. You're just on. hoping the rest of the group hasn't like uh, self destructed and you're the only two left. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I know. Uh, you know, and there's so much going on. There's parade officials signaling at you and, you know, telling you to do stuff and, you know, and you're trying to smile. And you're kind of leading, age. right? I mean, you and Julie uh-huh. were. Uh, uh, who's going to be on the show today, 91 years old and did the whole parade route. Yes. Uh, she, and your two horses look like bookends. I mean, <laughs> those two horses look so much alike. Uh, so, oh, oh, yes. Chief and Obby, Brush Creek Obby, yes. the horse that Julie was on, another gray horse. They could have been brothers yes. or whatever. You know, they just, <laughs> just look so much alike. Yeah, yeah, they looked good. They looked good, especially with the red. We had the red saddle pads and red they're white. Shirts. They're you know we should tell and everybody. They're white. Yeah, they're yes. white, and they did really did their faces, everything. They just look alike in the pictures. Yeah, uh, they, they could have been twins. So that was really cool to see those two two grays leading the way. Uh, that was that was kind of neat too. Exactly. Well, well now you uh, so you started out. You were behind. You were behind the Stanford <laughs> band, right? Uh huh. Yeah, which. Of all the bands they could have had you guys behind, you you guys got the worst one just because they were so lively. (laughs) They were. And they kept that energy level up the entire way. Well, that's, uh, you know, a lot of five-hour energy drinks with that group. Um, And then, you know, and then you... uh, we got to see you TV Row, where we all watched you in the parade, is actually first, right? 
Yes, it's right at okay. the beginning. Yes. And then it goes from there into the, the main part of the parade, which, which we saw a lot of pictures of, which was kind of neat. Thanks for posting those. Because that was kind of neat because we could see the rest of the parade route. All I've ever seen is that one corner. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. You know, you don't realize how long five miles is. <laughs> and how many people that is. <laughs> and how many people they'd never ended. It was a sea of people. You would look up on the buildings and there were people on the roofs and on the balconies and there were bleachers after bleachers and just people had slept overnight, you know, so they were still in their sleeping bags and blankets on the side of the, the road. And, and we were riding, I mean, close enough to touch them. We, we were right there. And it was just so cool to, to get to be there and, and see all of that and see the excitement, especially in the kids, because they just loved the horses. And just... Now, now you yeah. guys had walkers with you too. Um, and I assume they were part of your group. We did. Okay. We had six That's outwalkers. in case the horses started acting up or whatever, they could just hang out with them. Right. And yeah. and like when we would stop the horses, that was the hardest part for the horses. Yeah. When we would and that's stop. the problem. People don't realize with parades, you spend a lot of time just standing and waiting for floats and for bands. And, you know, the parade stops and starts a lot. It uh, does. Yeah. And the band, you know, they were stopping and then playing. And, and that's when the horses might, you know, possibly get a little bit antsy. And so that's when the walkers would step in and help anybody that that might need it, you know. And it's it's the same. The horses they're really prepared to to handle that. the 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 tournament is as far as um, they've got rescue trailers for the horses that need to get pulled for whatever reason and get out of there. And they're also equipped to handle, you know, the band members that that get too tired from all their dancing and jumping around, you know, because that's exhausting for that long of a period, you know, because of all the waiting that you have, you're, right. you're spending so much time not moving. And, you know, and it's, it's, you know, you don't realize, I think, how much is going on all at once all around you until you're like in the middle of it. And then you're like, you know, because well, I'm Was there to... one thing that the horses really reacted to? You know, let me think. Well, besides the band that when they entered, because they made a grand entrance, they didn't just come out marching onto the street. As you know, the Stanford band, they were dancing and And they do that in their halftime shows too at football games. They, they, they're just the right. wildest band ever. Yeah. yeah so, so that was kind of exciting. Uh, the horses, like you, we were talking before on a previous show, they're kind. They've got sensory overload going on, so it's hard for them to focus on any one thing. Uh, Chief did somebody threw something out into the road in front of him at one point, and he he did back up a couple of steps, and then he figured out it was just a bottle or whatever it was, and then he was fine. But something like that might get a horse's attention. Mm -hmm. But overall, they didn't really notice. People were they had all these noisemaker things yeah. making all sorts of noise, and or someone would stand up and and flop a blanket, you know, wave a blanket out or something. Um, the horses really didn't notice that stuff because I think they were just overwhelmed by so many things going on. Chief did notice the. Um, the cotton candy they had it like on a tree it was like a tree oh like yeah yeah the stick. little push cart guys yeah. yeah yeah they'd have like a long stick yeah. and and it was covered with the things of cotton candy and i he just wanted to eat it i think he did <laughs> <laughs> that'd be my pony he loves sugar he'd be over there 
Oh my gosh. Yeah, wouldn't that be fun? Then we then we could have finished in front of the band. <laughs> well, we're going to talk a lot more about the parade coming up here with your guests, but there are a couple other things we have to talk about real quick. There was a passing in the uh, endurance world, right? Yes, Dr. Kerry Ridgway passed. Um, he was the person that developed the CRI, the Cardiac Recovery Index, which um, has done a lot for um, giving veterinarians a, a tool to check horses um, on endurance rides. And so he will be greatly missed. He um, he was a longtime endurance ride vet and a rider himself as well. And then also, I got to ask you about this because I, you know, we've we've talked a little bit on this show about what's been happening over in the in the uh, Middle East as as far as, and you know in uh, the Arab countries as far as endurance is concerned. Well, there was the Sheikh Mohammed Endurance Cup in Dubai. Uh, mm-hmm. And I know that we had some United States riders over there, and it was interesting what happened. And I would be, int- I'm sure that there's some talk about this. So tell everybody there were four U.S. entries, right? And this was a hundred mile, or uh, yes, yeah, okay, yes, so, it was. So Ger- what happened? Jeremy Jeremy Reynolds finished on the show. He was, yeah. he was the only one out of four, and he finished 71st in a time of 10 hours. And uh, the other three riders didn't finish. We had, um, looks like the winning time was six hours and 32 minutes Oof. for 100 miles. That's fast. And 81 horses out of 227 starters finished for a 35% completion rate. Wow. And I know that Heather Reynolds and Meg Sleeper, who we've had them on the show, uh, Melody, uh, Melody Bitt- Bittlesdorf. Blit, uh-huh. bl- Blittersdorf, <laughs> I can hardly say her name, um, all got booted at gate three. So what was happening at gate three? Do you know? I don't know. You know, I, I mean, it's good in a way. I'm sure that they are pulling the horses because it's keeping them from getting into trouble. You, you know, so that is a, a good thing. But it is too too bad that, um, you know, one out of four well, from my, U.S. finished. My question is, how many gates are there? They all got, how, is gate three the beginning, the middle, the end? How many gates are there? Well, it would be the third vet check. Yeah, which would be toward the so, middle, uh, last second half of the race. Pro- uh, possibly, yeah. yes. Yeah. It just depends. I'm sure if if we went to Endurance Net, we could look up the the course and how you know what the intervals mm-hmm. were for the vet check. And does anybody want to guess who won? <laughs> <laughs> Do we have to even say? It was the Sheikh Mohammed Endurance Cup. Anybody gonna guess who won? <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. Well, six hours and thirty-two minutes. Some people, well, myself included, usually take that longer, longer to do a fifty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That horse was flying. It was a fourteen-year-old uh, mare that uh, uh, that Sheikh Mohammed won on. Wow. Uh, so yeah, so. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, and they have a lot of sand there, and so that's. I would think it was mostly hard. sand, wouldn't you? Exactly. It's got to yeah. be hard on the horses to be going at that kind of a speed. Is that's, it unusual? Thirty-five percent is low, right, to finish a race. It is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Isn't it usually closer to fifty or sixty percent uh, for a hundred? Uh, yes. I mean, Tevis last year was forty-three percent. You know, although you know it's it's a different kind of course. I mean, it's a completely different right. kind of. Course. Less sand. <laughs> well, and Less deep the, sand. <laughs> and the winning time is like twice as long yeah, as this right. one was. <laughs> yeah, I imagine this was just, well, if, if they came in in that time, they're going flat out for six hours. 
Exactly. I, I know mean, when I've seen the videos of it, you know, they're coming in and out of the checks at a canner. Yeah, they would have to they're, be. They're moving. To do it in six hours, you'd have to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if if uh, if I was quick at math here, I could figure out how many ma- miles per hour that averaged. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> I'd have to figure that out. Um, yeah, interesting, interesting. Well, you know, there's they're under a lot of scrutiny right now, so I'm sure that they were they were making sure that they were doing their vet checks properly uh, because they're under so much scrutiny right now. So I'm sure that they were just overchecking everything. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, by the way, Jennifer says that's 16 miles per hour average. Is that right? Wow, that's that's flying. That's <laughs> like uh, that's half the speed of a greyhound in a race. Uh, for t- for hundred miles, <laughs> I know. I know. I, did, I, I was I was doing math just like that guy with the, with his lottery. Oh, you I were doing lottery math, so that's probably not right. Lottery. It's probably six miles an hour then. Six miles an hour, hundred <laughs> miles, six hours, six miles an hour. <laughs> well, we oh have. Uh, yes, don't you love the American public? They they can't do math very. No, <laughs> we have to get to Distance Depot. Uh, we had a chance last week to catch up uh, with the good folks over, Kristen, over there at Distance Depot. And of course, you are wearing Distance Depot tax. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. More parade talk coming up here. And then we'll be getting to our first guest, Julie Sir, 91 years old, and did the whole parade. That's so cool, by the way. She had to be the oldest entry in the parade. Uh, she, she would, well, I have to ask her. She probably knows, but uh, I'm sure she was. Kristen, thank you for joining us. Hi, Karen and Glenn. Well, let's talk about your biothane tack. First of all, though, tell me what you thought about seeing all of your distance depot tack in the Rose Parade. Oh, my goodness. We were all so excited, glued to our TVs with the rest <laughs> of everyone else, I think. But it was so much fun. I mean, watching the parade it sure looked really good. Fun. Yeah, really fun. It looked great. Okay, well, let's start. Explain a little bit about the different styles. Well, I was styles. looking for the big distance depot banner on the side oh. of Karen's horse, but I didn't see it. Uh, yeah, I, I, don't think, I don't think that's allowed. They, oh. they don't, I don't know, Karen, they don't allow, even allow. No, they I'm don't sorry. allow logo stuff. Yeah, you didn't even it's get to allowed. have an AARC banner, did you? Or did you? No, they don't want the banners, I believe, probably because they'll possibly block the horses from the cameras right. in the front. Right. Yeah. So no banners and no logos, no logo yeah. stuff. <laughs> it was ter- terrific to see you all. We just and it's so much fun to see our tack out there. <laughs> well, everybody who listens to this show knows it was your tack. <laughs> well, yeah, we're very proud to have helped them um, along their way. It was a lot of fun making the tack for everyone and getting to speak to each and every one of them. So it was really a great experience for us, that's for sure. So we got to live vicariously through the rest. of can I tell you Karen too? And all the rest of them, yeah. Can I just bring up because I've been in the in the uh, retail business on the, in the horse world for a long time, and Karen, it is so cool that you actually have a company that you could go to to make the custom tack right right in your neighborhood, uh, right here in the United States. There are very few mm-hmm. industries anymore that you need to get that done. So, uh, so good for you guys for still doing that. 
Right. And I was able to order a style that specifically fit my horse chief because he's got very wide, broad set eyes. So the standard bridle style really doesn't make him comfortable. It comes a little too close to his eye on the side. So I was able to to use bid hangers on a, on and use a different style so he was comfortable in the parade, which was really great. So that leads us into having Kristen tell us a little bit about the different styles that she offers. Yes, absolutely. We, you know, we do our best to try to accommodate everyone's needs and, you know, each horse is an individual. So, and everyone has their taste as to what works for them and what doesn't, um, and each horse too. Um, we do have a lot of, therefore, we do have a lot of different styles. In the bridles, for instance, I believe we have um, at least 10 different styles of bridles. Um, and then, of course, from there, the custom, um, you know, the fact that you can come and customize any of those makes it, you know, sort of an endless amount. But for the most part, we have 10 sort of standard type bridles, um, you know, ranging with bit hangers that you can, you know, clip on and off your bit very simply for the vet checks. Um, standard English bridles or Western bridles. I think Chief sort of has a halter bridle, um, but he has no brow band. Isn't that correct? Right. Uh huh. So some of them, you know, the horses that are a little finicky about their ears. We have some folks that even use that bridle because they say their horse gets itchy from the brow band. Mm-hmm. So just a lot of different styles that accommodate sort of what each person or horse is is um, after. We have some um, halter bridles that um, snap on over a halter, so if you use a little rope halter, um, your bit hanger and brow band just snap around up by the ear. It just makes it really versatile. Um, And uh, we have another style that actually has a little stud on top, so the bit hanger just sort of pops off of the pole of the halter. Mm -hmm. Um, Makes it really simple. You come into your vet check, you can just flip your um, bit hanger and your brow band off and simply do your trot out for your vet in. So it makes it really quick and easy. Um, but again, there's just lots of styles to, to accommodate everyone. And what about the biothane reins? Um, it's the same thing there. Basically, we have um, several different styles. We have a, just a smooth rein that some people like if their horse isn't a, um, doesn't get too strong. Um, some, for some people, they, they prefer the beta grip. That's probably our most popular rein because it has a little nubbies where your hands are, so okay. they don't get slippery, um, and it's just a nice rein in your hand. Um, and then some people prefer a yacht-type rein or a split rein, so we offer those as well, and some different um, materials other than the biothane. We have a flat braided rein, um, which some people really like because it's light and a little thinner. just depends on your particular taste. And your breast collars? We have a few different breast collars, too. Essentially, they're all made um, for the comfort of the horse, so they're designed to be up out of the way of the movement of the horse. Um, We have our regular traditional breast collar, which um, is probably our most popular, but the padded ones um, sort of fall in line right behind those. So it has a nice waffle padding that's perforated and breathable for the comfort of the horse. Um, And you can add accent colors or just have, you know, one color in the strapping. You can do all kinds of things depending on how much color you actually like to have. Some of these endurance riders like to be very colorful, and I know a lot of them are color-coordinated. So we have a lot of colors. Um, I was adding up this morning. I think we have about 56 different color um, 
colors available. And of course, the combinations that you can make out of those colors are pretty much um, endless. They just <laughs> we we don't sell a lot of tack off the wall. Most of it is custom made because everybody has you know their color combinations. Sure. So, and what about what about the hardware choices? We do offer stainless steel or solid brass hardware, and um, seems like people have their preference. Some companies I've noticed only do stainless steel or only do solid brass, but we offer both, so you can get it in oh, either finish. And if somebody was interested in ordering from you, where would they go? Well, they can visit us at thedistancedepot.com and or give us a call. Um, there are a lot of options on this tax, so we encourage people to phone us if they have any questions, and they can reach us at 866-863-2341. All right, now we are ready for our first guest this morning, Julie Sewer who is an equestrian legend. She represented the AARC in the Rose Parade. And I have a message from our Marshal Gale for Julie. My dear Julie, I wouldn't trade you riding with us for a million bucks. Every minute was an enormous privilege. You just don't realize what a crucial part you have played in the scheme of things. You inspire and awaken our spirits. You bring hope to many. You truly have been the wind beneath our wings. So thank you for joining us this morning, Julie. How are you? Well, I'm doing fine, thank you. I'm very humbled by what you just said. Well, we are so we were so honored to have you with us. That was just such an inspirational thing to have you there. What did you think about riding in the parade? Uh, well, I loved it. The, the horse was absolutely perfect. I never had a moment's fear about her. The Stanford band was a little loud, uh, and I could tell that it probably bothered me more than it did her. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I mean, it was just a wonderful experience. I can't tell you how thrilling it was. And I really never got tired because, well, I've never really gotten too terribly tired sitting on a horse because that's where I wanted to spend most of my time. So uh-huh. um, I had a great time. Could what frightened you the most or what had you the most maybe nervous or um, just thinking about what was coming? What What had you on edge the most? I think the days leading up to the parade, I was so secure on the horse that once I got on the horse's back, uh, I I lost all fear because then you have a job to do and you can focus on it. I think waiting around for things to start uh, wears me out a little bit. I just want to get going and, and get going. <laughs> exactly. Well, tell us a little bit about your crew person, helper that you had with you. Well, I had my friend uh, from the Quicksilver Club uh, in the Almaden Valley, uh, Lori Stewart, and she was absolutely super. She did all the driving back and forth. Uh, she never got flustered. She um, took care of me every moment. Uh, I just can't. I I just shout her praises to the housetop. She she was my my perfect choice. And, Good. Uh, we Good. spent four days in very close quarters, and she was in my camper, and my camper lights didn't work, and the heat didn't work, and the water didn't run, and <laughs> she never complained or anything. She, uh, <laughs> she was perfect. Wow. So you had to p- put your lipstick on with a flashlight? <laughs> yes, exactly. 
It's not the we first all had time. To wear, you know that bright red <laughs> lipstick, and actually, uh, I think mine kind of got smeared. But anyway, it was it, it was just a super time. That's not oh, the wow. first time you've had to do that, is it, Julie? Uh, <laughs> I mean, what? <laughs> that's not the first time you've had to do that. Get dressed with a flashlight. So <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> well, what was the favorite part for you of riding in the parade? Just sitting on that nice little horse. I I could not say any special five minutes or ten minutes. I just had a a wonderful time on a wonderful. I've always enjoyed now for 91 years sitting on a horse, and I haven't wavered in that. I haven't seen to have lost my enthusiasm for uh, sitting on a horse. So I got to sit on Audi right through that whole Colorado Avenue parade. Uh, It couldn't have been more fun. It was. It I'm very was very enthusiastic about it, and I actually I went riding yesterday with my daughter, and uh, we talked a lot about the parade and the, and the fun I'd had, and uh, it, it it's lifetime memories. I'll never forget it. Had you ever thought about riding in the Rose Parade previously, or had you no, ever? No, never, never. <laughs> I mean, it never even occurred to me. Um, I know is that maybe when I was about 24 years old, I did watch the Rose Parade and actually went to the football game. Um, but I never have, never had any ambition. So this all started three or four months ago and great excitement and uh, um, a, a lot of encouragement from a lot of people. It, it was wonderful. Julie, does your... I, I have really nothing, to, nothing negative to say about the whole experience. Julie, does your you were said you were riding with your daughter? Does your whole family ride? Do the grandkids ride? Do, does everybody no, ride? No, no. Uh, I have two sons and one daughter and six grandchildren and one great grandchild. But uh, the only one that's ever shown any interest is my daughter. Uh, I don't even think maybe my sons have ever been on a horse. Maybe they were at one time. I don't know. And none of the grandchildren are interested. Huh. That's sad in a way. <laughs> Uh, It is because, um, actually, when the first grandchildren got to be six or seven years old, I got a nice little horse that I thought, oh, this will be fun, they'll ride with me. And they all went out, and they were all polite and and everything, but uh, nobody ever called back and said, can we do this again? (laughs) And there you are with this little horse. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So anyway... Okay. Okay. Well, that's okay because my my daughter lives nearby, and uh, we're we're very muddy up here now from the rains. But we still have a couple of trails that are open, and we had a nice ride yesterday. Nice talk. Well, I have a question on a different topic for you, Julie. I want to know what is your favorite Nevada ride, and why? Well, I suppose Virginia City because (laughs) I I got to be there once. (laughs) Uh huh. But um. (laughs) I remember Nick Mansfield's 102 ride, which is probably the most one of the most difficult rides I ever did in my life because he took us all over the side of the mountain and everything. But um, uh, then I've had some nice, um, you know, Derby Ditch, all those rides. They've all been great. I, I don't think I have a ride that I ever really regretted. Maybe uh, at, at times I felt that maybe I'd used more horse than I should have, and I regretted that. But... Uh, uh, no, I, you know, I just like to ride. Definitely. Yeah, we can tell. Have you got any advice for a new endurance rider? If somebody was new getting started in this sport, what would you uh, say my, to my them? My advice would be until you have really 
I don't think you can ride one horse and decide you trained that horse perfectly because it did well and think that necessarily the same type of training will work with a second horse. I think you have to ride two or three different horses before you learn that some are just naturally born athletes, uh, just genetically programmed to do this. Others you may work with five times as hard in training and all that and still not have the horse that the natural born athlete is. And they are out there. And when you get one, uh, if you recognize what you have, um, it's, it's a pretty high point in your life. You, you learn to recognize mm-hmm. excellence. And, uh, when you, and my horses that I've done well on and sort of given me a name in the sport, I just lucked into it was, uh, just, just plain luck. Anybody could have done that with those horses. They were just superior from the day they were born. You know, I want to give, I, Julie, if you don't mind, I want to just give uh, the younger members of our audience an idea. You, you, if you're 91, you were born around 1924, 25? 1924. And, you know, so to give them some perspective of that, that's before, be, before the Great Depression, uh, bef- uh-huh. before World War, actually between World War One and World War Two, and you probably Correct. had horses at home when you were born. Well, I had horses as a kid, but I sort of had to fight for them because my father didn't think it was ladylike for a girl to be out riding a horse. So they, they came and left, sort of. And then after I was married, I literally did not go near a horse or ride a horse for 18 or 19 years because we were busy raising a family and getting a business going. So I did have that period uh, where I thought that um, I would probably never ride again. And then somebody's friend said, you know, I have a horse. Would you like to go for a ride? And I knew within the first quarter of a mile that that would be in my future. <laughs> so you were really like, you know, our biggest growing uh, pers- uh, population in the horse world is women after they have their kids in their late 30s or early 40s getting back into riding or riding for the first time. And that was you. Uh, really? That's absolutely yeah. true. I rode as a kid off and on. Uh, my father told me the uh, day I was married that I was a married woman and I'd never ride a horse again. And I guess I believed him because I was busy um, having babies. I had four babies, and um, uh, I, I never went near a horse or even thought about them. And then uh, as the children grew up and I had more leisure time, I discovered horses in the Santa Cruz Mountains, and I would go out hours for my, by myself and come back totally refreshed and renewed. So that was about... Um, and then I first, my first endurance ride was when I was 40. You know, when I think and about... That was the Tevis. Was it Tevis was, was your first? Yeah, but there weren't any other endurance rides. Uh, that was the only one. Uh, think about that now, and Karen. Tevis was her first, first ride. <laughs> yeah, wow. I failed miserably yes. on the first one. I, I went in totally unprepared, but the next year I came back and I was better prepared and made it. I just think about, you know, getting even off of horses for a second. I think about, uh, you know, for you were born 91 years ago in the mid-20s, all the things you've witnessed uh, through your lifetime, whether it's technology or just the changes that have happened from the... I mean, basically, they were just getting phones into houses back then. You've witnessed oh, so right. many things in your lifetime. It's just remarkable. Uh-huh. Well, I've been had a very, very good life. I've been very fortunate all my life, and very fortunate to have good health uh, to this day. Uh, well, congratulations on being able to do this. That is so cool. 
Well, I, I really want to thank the people that got me into the Rose Parade. I got some encouragement from a lot of people and gave me confidence, and they will be my friends forever. Well, thank you, Julie, so for doing that. 40 years, I will advise anybody who's 40 years old and has always had a longing to ride a horse to get out there and do it. Well, there you go. <laughs> and that comes from somebody who's been doing it for a long time. Thank you so much, Julie. You know, Karen, um, we really need to do with Julie is we have a we have a, a program called Equestrian Legends where we've interviewed some of our biggest legends in the horse world. You really need to do that and get that done with Julie. Julie. Yeah. Okay. Where we spend an hour and just talk about your whole life with horses. It's kind of a, a biography in audio uh, of uh-huh. your of your horse life. And, you know, we have some very, uh, very famous legends over there on that show, and we really need to get you on it. Okay. So. Well, that's very, very flattering. Yeah, we should do that. Uh, Karen, and you should, you, should, uh, you should make sure you host that one. So... That Very would be fun. Okay. Thanks, Julie. All right. Well, well, thank Go you, Julie. I'm right. just, I'm Bye-bye. so thrilled I got to ride with you again. That was just a. Um, we had a great like, time, didn't we? Like you said, a great, great memories, and and uh, yes, it was wonderful, wonderful. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you. Well, you know, Karen, we definitely have to get that set up. I'll talk to you about that after okay. the show. She needs can... to be on Equestrian Legends for sure. Yes. Well, we are. We had a chance uh, to talk to another guest, and that is Ellen Swaggerty, who was the equestrian chair for the Tournament of Roses Parade. We caught up with her last week. But before we get to her, let's talk a little bit about Renegade Hoof Boots. Right. I've been using Renegades for several years on my horses. They're an American-made product. They come in several different colors. They're, uh, you have different models. They have the regular Renegade strap-on boots, the Viper model, and they've also got a glue-on shell for those that want to just glue a boot on for a special event or, uh, you know, um, say a multi-day ride or maybe Tevis or something like that or a week-long camping trip and just, you know, be done with it. The regular strap-on boots go on and off very easily. I've even got my 10-year-old junior rider putting um, Bo's boots on and taking them off by herself, and she's doing a great job at it. So there's something that's an easy product to use. You don't have to use any tools to get them on or to take them off, and they work really well for our horses. They're a great um, way to keep our horses barefoot for those of us that don't want to shoe our horses and just want to be able to add hoof protection for those times that we need it. If you want to find out more about Renegade Hoof Boots, go to renegadehoofboots.com. Very good. And of course, we're brought to you today on Horses in the Morning, the special endurance episode all about the Rose Parade by the um, American Endurance Ride Conference. We appreciate their support. Well, we had a chance to catch up with, as I said, Ellen Swaggerty. She is the equestrian chair for the Tournament of Roses Parade. Let's take a listen to that. Good morning, Ellen. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Karen. Nice to be here. Well, we're excited to get to talk to you this morning about your position with the Tournament of Roses Parade. Can you just give us a little overview on what it is you do? Absolutely. Um, I'm the equestrian chair, and my job is to, along with our committee of about 30 volunteers, 
We select the units that are going to be in the parade for that year. Um, we take good care of them. We host a lot of meetings where they get filled in and all our logistics. Uh, we offer, we've got a great program, the Oppressed Fest, where they get to show their, their skills in an arena setting. We host a great big party. And then our job on parade day is to get them in the correct order and get them slotted into the parade and make sure that they have a really good time and that they're safe going down the parade route. Well, you sure make it sound so simple, but I know it's not. <laughs> how, no, how? It, 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 it is. Yeah, <laughs> it is a it's a year round. It's a year round um, commitment for especially for this committee. Uh, we start the application process starts in early spring and we we get people from all over the United States applying. Um, they have three or four months to get their applications in. So we start monitoring those. And once the deadline hit stops, we, we collect all the applications and they send in their notebooks. And we start looking at what we think will be good for a parade lineup. Um, so that's in late spring, early, early June, early July. And then we select the units. And then we, we get into the logistics of getting the groups out, answering their questions. And so it, it's about an eight-month, eight to nine-month commitment. And, and when you accepted the crazy endurance riders, did you know what you were getting? <laughs> you know, this was so funny because we're, all, we're always looking for new groups, um, things that are, are offering something different. And when we saw the American Endurance Riding Conference apply, I went, what is this? I mean, I had never heard of what, of what they do. And so I was reading more about it and I got on the internet and I did a search and I'm like, oh my God, this is like doing a marathon on a horse. You know, and I thought it was absolutely incredible. And the tie-in this year with Find Your Adventure and with the National Parks is knowing that all those riders have ridden through National Parks is, was just incredible. Yeah, they it know was, them better than ninety nine point nine percent of the uh, of the average population. That's for sure. <laughs> absolutely. absolutely, and the breeds that they offered. So many of the riders rode different breeds. It was incredible. You know, there was so much to talk about, and there was so much for people in the United States and the world to learn. Because I, I I'm going to say at least ninety percent of the population, you know, they had never heard of, of endurance riding. So I think we, mm-hmm. we, it, was, it was really great to get the word out on what these riders and horses do. And Karen, I have to say, you guys looked fantastic. You really did. Well, thank you. You did. Thank you. Yeah, you did. I didn't see any other horses bolting down the street, <laughs> so that was good. Um, right. We, we did. We had, we, had a, we had a well-behaved group, yes. You probably, is that the thing you cringe at the most? Well, As the equestrian know, most, chairs, that one of these groups is just going to go crazy, you know, the horses are just going to take off and, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I think we all worry about anything like a band member getting tired or a float breaking down or mm-hmm. saying, I don't think I want to do this. Now, I've been you know, in parades, be, speaking of that, I've been in parades before with horses, and they always keep certain spots where, where you can exit. In other words, there's emergency exits where they can clear the crowd quickly, and you can go off into a side street that's safe. Is that, is that the way it is here, or once you're in, you're uh, in? Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Okay. We, have a, we have a wonderful emergency plan, and the horses would ex- exit to the north. All the major intersections are open, which is really, really helpful. So, and there are white suitors, volunteers, all the way down the parade route. And so if the uh, riders were instructed that if there was a problem to pull over to the north, someone would help you and get you off the parade route. 
we have 19 Humane Society um, volunteers with trailers, and we have an equine ambulance that shadows the parade. So, and we have four vets on call who mm-hmm. basically stop their cars and walk down to the parade <laughs> route and check the horses as they're going through the parade. So we have a really, really great emergency plan just in case for anything. So um, everybody's taken really good care of. Good. How many horses were in the parade this year? Oh, my gosh. We had a big group this year, bigger than, I'm going to say, you know, I'm going to say about 250 horses this year. Wow. The, na- the Yeah, the National Park Service brought mules and horses. Yeah, that was from, a good group. Basically, from, yeah, that most of their animals came from Yosemite. Um, and I, I think that was close to four, tw- 20 to 30 animals. Um, so that was a huge group. And we had the American Endurance Conference. They brought 23 to 25. I think you had 23 to 25. Um, we had Long Beach Mountain with 21. So we had big groups this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot, a lot of horses to take care of. Tell us a little bit about the Equest Fest. Uh, the Equest Fest started 27 years ago as, as, a, as a way to kind of spotlight what riders show their horsemanship and what their horses can do. Because usually when you go down the parade route, you're going two and a half miles an hour in a straight line, you know, and you can't mm-hmm. show what you can do. So it started down at the Rose Bowl, believe it or not. They took a grassy field and put some dirt on it and let the groups go kind of around in a circle, showing what they could do. Mm-hmm. And it has now become a destination point. It, it's, a, it's a fantastic event held out at the Los Angeles Equestrian Center every December 29th. It's a highly produced program by uh, Lee Cordner, who's director of show of Medieval Times. And all the groups get to show what they can do in the arena. So it's a lot of fun. And we get people, we get almost close to 4,000 people who come to watch. And we offer an exhibit court where the new Buffalo Soldiers had a static display where they get to show how they set up their tents. Mm-hmm. And then after the show, this is the most fun part for the um, guests is they get to go visit the barns and they get to go see the groups and pet the horses and learn more about the groups that are going to be in the parade. So it's become a, it's become a, a, a big, big event that lots of people enjoy. It was a lot of fun and it was so cool to see the public come and, and visit our horses and learn about them. There was a lot of interest, which was really neat to see that. Yeah, it is. It's really, you know, I mean, just just the different breeds of horses that we had this year and where they everywhere where people came from. We had a group from South Dakota, from Oklahoma. Um, And just for the public to just see the different horses and get to know what these different groups do is really, really great. And those Budweiser Clydesdales, aren't they just awesome? (laughs) Oh, they're awesome. They're They're awesome. They they stick their little heads out of the barn. I know. (laughs) I was walking (laughs) with my with my two little Arabs, and I'm walking along, and you know, behind them, and I'm thinking how small we must look next to them. But it it was just like the neatest experience, just to get to spend that week down there with them and with all these other equestrian groups. It was just so much fun, such an exciting uh, memory for all all of us that got to do this. It, It was it was great. So. With your position, how long do you hold this position as the chairperson? 
the position is held for two years. Um, all all chairmen on on different committees, you you hold the position for two years and then you rotate off to a new one. So this is my second year, so I'll be rotating off to a new committee next year. Don't know which what it is. Okay, but that, yeah. So anyway, so two years. Now, are you a horse person outside of of doing this? Well, no, but I started taking <laughs> horseback riding lessons last summer, and I was able to take two. I took it at the Los Angeles Equestrian Center, then I ran out of time. But the coolest thing was is that my instructor was taking me around the stable area, inside the stable area, my mm-hmm. first ride. And then the second time, she took me outside. And when, I, when the air hit me and the little breeze and I was kind of in this small ring, I went, I see why everybody rides. I, mm-hmm. I feel it. It's the most exhilarating feeling to be on a, on a horse outside, feeling the breeze in your face, and just, it was incredible. So hopefully now that I have more time, I'm going to go back and take a couple more. Now all we have to do is get Good. you up to 100 miles over 24 hours. It'd be great. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I got to say this about the parade. We'll wrap with this. Um, you know, watching it from home, and we always watch HGTV because I personally think they do the best coverage. Uh, but I need to contact them about uh, one of us from the Horse Radio Network going in and doing the actual commentary about the horses. Because the problem is none of them ever know anything about horses. But um, the parade itself, the floats and everything, I thought this was one of the best years yet. Uh, it was it was pretty incredible. We had we had one of the biggest bands ever in the parade. I don't know. Yes, if you saw it was that. like seven hundred yes. people, Karen. Yeah, wow. 700 people. Yeah. It went forever. <laughs> it was, it did. It was it a did. Texas band out of Texas. Oh, my gosh. Yep. yep. Yeah, well, we yeah. thought that we and thought Stanford was pretty. It big. was a high school too, Karen. <laughs> Seven hundred really? people in the band. Wow. <laughs> it's like. Yeah. Yeah, it was a beautiful parade. I have to say, it really was. It floats gorgeous. everything. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if your listeners have never been to the parade before, I mean, to see these floats and see the see the horses and see the bands up close, is, you, you does, can't. You, TV does it smell do it as good as it might look like it smells? You know, the funny thing was that somebody said to me, I was at a post parade where they put all the floats at the end of the parade, and someone says, it smells so good here. And I didn't know what she meant. And she meant because she, she could smell the, the flowers. That was what my question oh, was. Yeah. Does it smell good? The whole parade smell good? And did the horses want to eat oh. the flowers off the floats, Karen? You know, the only time one of my horses grabbed a bite of one of the, <laughs> the wreaths was when the, the um, B2 bomber flew over at the start. Oh. She, he reached over and just quickly grabbed a little munch off of a bow's wreath on his breast collar. <laughs> it didn't do any damage, but it was like the one second he knew we were diverted with yeah, our he could attention. Get away with it. <laughs> and he got away with it. And he took advantage of other than that, we made sure that they weren't allowed anywhere near getting to, to sample the flowers. They must watch those floats going by and go, Oh man. <laughs> 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 That's funny. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. Well, Ellen, I got to say this, you know, all the years that we've been interviewing with you guys every year now for eight years uh, about the Rose Parade, you've all been, at the, all of you that volunteer to help have been absolutely charming and delightful to work with and so helpful. And, you know, we just appreciate uh, everything that you guys do for us, who, who are the ones at home watching. And for us uh, that well- get to ride. Oh well, no, we yeah, we just it was a, it was a real special year this year. It really was. 
Well, very good. Well, we're looking forward to next year. Now, do they, have they announced what the theme is? No, but okay. um, they're announcing it earlier and earlier. Um, it used to be just announced uh, usually at the beginning of October, but now we're announcing it earlier so that people can plan, and um, which makes it, you know, let get people can get their themes out and whatever they need to do. So it well, I think Karen had such a great quite. time. She's coming back with her horses, even if she isn't in the group. So, um, so look <laughs> out for her. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and these are endurance horses. She can ride a long way. So uh. there you go. I know. I mean, so many of those riders, Karen just logged in. I mean, it was incredible. 30,000 miles. Right. Um, Our front row, actually, yeah, Julie and myself and Connie are all over 30,000. That's incredible. I mean, that's just incredible to me, you know, and the the terrain that you go over and everything is just, it's, I think you really educated people as to what you do. And I don't think a lot of people really knew and now they do. And I think that's wonderful. And part of that is thanks to you. So thank you very much for everything you did for our group. No problem. That was we were glad to have you. Well, Ellen, we'll see you next year. Okay, I look forward to it. And that was Ellen, who was the equestrian chair for the Tournament of Roses Parade. This year will not be next year because they do that rotation. I think uh, in doing our interviews now with the equestrian mm-hmm. chairs every year, we've been through three or four of them. Uh, mm-hmm. Over the years, and you know what's so cool too? You see them on the on TV. You see all the uh, white suits uh, riding around in the scooters and walking uh-huh. along. All the parade people, and they're all volunteers. You know, these are people that volunteer every year to go do that. I can't. I you know we should have asked her how many volunteers they have all together. I bet it's <laughs> huge. All those white suits. <laughs> That's a lot of white suits too. Whoever and makes all, the white suits does very well uh, with the Rose Parade Committee. And all those Honda scooters. Yeah, you know what? Those fleet. white suit people don't have horses either because that's the last thing you want with horses is white suits. So <laughs> I know, no kidding, huh? <laughs> now the ones that had to deal with you guys were they all in black suits or brown suits? No, they oh. were all all in white, white, and they're just zipping around all over the place. They were great. You know, it was that was the cool thing is everybody there was so friendly and happy to be there, and as helpful as they could be. So that just made the whole experience even better. And do they, like, contact Honda and say, we need a thousand scooters for a day? Well, Honda is one of the big sponsors. <laughs> ah, okay. That's how they ended up with a thousand scooters for a day, because it's just like there are scooters everywhere. <laughs> they are. You know, and, and just watching the parade at home on TV, you, you have no idea of what is going on, you know, backstage, literally, with all of the the volunteers and all of the logistics and all of the the white suitors that, you know, our group had our own white suitor and, um, you know, they're taking care of you. They're taking care of every group in the parade. Um, but there's a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have our next guest on here who also was in the parade. Now, I want you to introduce her, but I get the first question, okay? Okay. All right. We have uh, Shelly Child, who is new to distance riding. She's been a member of AARC since 2015, and she um, also was able to represent the AARC in the Rose Parade. Good morning, Shelly. Hey, good morning, guys. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for joining us today. 
Oh, thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited about this. Well, not as excited as you were a couple of weeks ago, I bet. I have a question for you. We've been talking about the Rose Parade, Shelley, all morning. So, and, and, you know, I'm an old guy who has to go pee about every hour. How the heck did you guys get on your horses and then wait for like five hours to go to the bathroom? I, well, I'm a nurse. I work 12-hour shifts, so I'm used to holding my bladder. But I did not have, I had about two sips of coffee before I got on my horse. That was it. Just don't drink for three days. (laughs) 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 Yeah, I had a little bit, no champagne. I had a little bit, uh, you know, of um, sparkling cider at midnight. And then I had two sips of coffee in the morning, and that was it. After I thought about that with the guys who do the you know all the bands and all the people on the floats and stuff. It's like you're, once you're on, you're on. You're not getting off. So. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> all right, Karen. That was my important question of the day. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's the things I think about. <laughs> you know, we were all a little worried about that too, weren't we, Shelly? <laughs> yeah, you know, I thought, okay, do I need to bring catheters for everybody? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I didn't know if the pens were handed out by the box load. I, I wasn't sure. <laughs> that was a thought. <laughs> it, it was, it was. So, Shelly, what did you think about your experience of getting to do this? You know what? I feel so extremely lucky and privileged to have been invited to the meeting that Gail had in February Um, because I hadn't even done a ride yet. I had just joined AERC. I knew I wanted to start doing it and I'd be doing some rides. And I just happened to live here in Southern California and heard that Gail was having a meeting. And growing up here, I thought, oh, my God, what an amazing opportunity. But, of course, you know, I thought, you know, our chances are you know, one in a million that we would actually get in. But, you know, I went uh-huh. I went to the meeting, I joined, you know, did the parade, I did everything I needed to, and then when we found out, I was absolutely floored. I was excited beyond belief, and, um, you know, it really is something that, I, you know, I've checked off my bucket list. It was just amazing, and I think the best part was meeting everybody. It was such camaraderie, you know, I met... Karen, I met Connie, you know, and some of these other legends that, you know, I normally wouldn't, you know, sit at a ride and chat with. Um, and it was great to have people from all over Southern California, Northern California, Nevada, and the camaraderie was just outstanding. You know, we all helped each other out. And um, I think, you know, it, it was brand new for all of us. So, it's sort of like... people have. I was just going to say, it's Go sort ahead. of like you joined the AERC sorority and your pledge week was riding in the Rose Parade. That was your hazing. You know, if you can get through this, you're good. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, okay, riding Tevis? Ah, that's nothing now. <laughs> well, the preparations are similar. You know, it takes a lot of time to prepare for either one of these events. They're both a big deal. Yes. And so your goal is to do Tevis someday, isn't it? Yes, it is. Um, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm brand new, and I will be doing my first 50 in June. I um, And the great thing about being at the Rose Parade, I found somebody who's willing to mentor me on my first 50. Oh, and um, you know I'm Karen. It's Wayne. I know. Okay. And, you know, so I thought that was so wonderful that he said, you know what? You tell me where you want to do it, and I will meet you there. I don't care where it's at, but I will talk you through and and mentor you through your first 50 mile, which to me, 
is a scary thing. You know, I, I've been doing, um, I've done a couple of LDs, um, but that's the next big step. So I think once I get over that, um, you know, I know Tevis is going to be a couple years down the line, but uh-huh. it's a definite goal. And I think it's the goal of anybody who gets into this is you see that as um, just the, the very top. You know, that's, I think most of us who get into this, it's like, wow, that'd be great to do someday. I don't know, if, you know. I, I will get there, but that's a goal of mine. That's that's another bucket list for me. Well, Shelly, mm-hmm. did you come from a different discipline before doing this? Um, actually, I am mostly a breeder. Um, I I breed horses, and I breed them um, um, for endurance. And then I also breed them. I have a stallion, and he is performance-tested in dressage. So I've been doing some dressage and also doing some eventing. Um, but... So you decided it would be easier to get to Tevis than Rolex. (laughs) Oh, God, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So, um, you know, I just, I love the fact that, you know, you can take any horse just about, you know, um, any breed. And that's the great thing about the Rose breed. We have so many different breeds. And that's, that's a question that's always asked on the AERC Facebook page. I have a quarter horse. Can he do endurance? Or I have... Icelandic pony, can he do endurance? And really, that's the great thing is any of us can do it. You just have to properly condition and get out there and ride. You know, you may not come in first place, you know, but for us, I know every time I go on a ride, I'm like, I really do just want to finish. You know, I want to be be safe. I want my horse to be safe. And that's what it's all about is going out, having fun, riding your horse, riding with your friends, and just saying, I did it. You know, uh, the icing on the cake is if you do top 10 or something like that but for me that's not a goal yet you know eventually <laughs> but um that's what I love about the sport you know and I had um done some volunteering um in uh Natrack, which is competitive mm-hmm. trail and I did that before I even started thinking about doing Natrack or um AERC um because I think that's a good way to learn and I thought god these people are great you know it's a lot of fun you know who doesn't want to go camping with their horse so that's what really kind of pulled me into it. And, um, but because I'm a breeder, I have to, okay, you know, I don't have a horse to ride this year. They're all, you know, falling out. Okay. Now I have a horse to ride. So I just kind of had to wait till I had a horse that was open and under saddle. And now here I am. So I will definitely be continuing it through uh, the next couple of years. So as a new member of AERC, what advice can you give to other people that might be interested in endurance as far as learning about the sport? I think the the and best thing that I did was going and volunteering. It doesn't matter. Find mm-hmm. a ride in your area, go there, and say, you know, what can I do? And even my husband, who was actually brand new to horses when he met me two years ago, he said, I've learned so much about the sport just by staying in camp and helping uh-huh. people out and doing things. And so I think that's a really good way to learn. And then find somebody in your area who, who does it. And say, hey, can I go with you? You know, can I ride with you? Um, find a mentor in your area. And I know on the AER website, you know, there is a um, a page where you can go and find a mentor in your area. So, um, you know, I, I think that's a really good place to start. But if you have a horse that you can ride, get out there, start riding. And there's a lot of great information on the AER website about conditioning and, and, and all that stuff. And what I... What I like is the little 15-mile fun rides. You know, um, when, I got a, when I had a new horse under saddle, 
I did that uh-huh. for her, and there's no time limit, so you can go out kind of. It's kind of like the rose parade if it's something you want to do. You know, five miles, and there was <laughs> there was no time limit. <laughs> I know <laughs> it was really you know walk stop for five minutes, walk a little bit, stop for a few more minutes, and it was um, <laughs> I didn't expect that. <laughs> I know it was good training for our horses, though, right? Because they've never had to do that before. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. I think um, our horses did excellent considering the circumstances and the bands and the little kids with their air horns and everything. Uh And, um, but I think being out on the rides and the chaos of the start of of a ride sometimes, I think Mm -hmm. it, it, uh, helped our horses. (laughs) I got to tell you guys, we, I might have been in a carriage, uh, that did not do so well in one of those parades, and we had to bail out. So uh, I might oh, really? have been in one of those, yeah. Uh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that was, I think we had three or four horses up front, and uh, it did not, it was not going well. So it was like, okay, we have to get off that side street. Uh, out of the way before we run you over. <laughs> so. I think there's a story there that's going to be told eventually. Oh, it's been told before, much to the chagrin of Dr. Wendy Ying, host of the driving radio Uh-oh. show, who was driving. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. And she, she, she hates that I keep bringing it up over and over and over again. But, uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so it does happen that uh, horses have to bail out of parades occasionally. Uh, yeah, you know, and it yes, was, occasionally. What, yeah, what was getting those horses was the stopping. That's what was getting those horses. If if we had kept moving, you know, like with most horses, whether they're in a carriage or you're riding, if you keep moving, you're usually okay, right? It's it's the constant uh, stopping and then, you know, not understanding why we're not moving. Uh, yeah. yeah. You know, and they, they would stand and some of them would get a little jittery and want to look around and stuff. But you want to try and stay in formation and just be ready when, when your row goes. You know, you want to try, you know, we really try to stay straight and in a rows and everything but yeah the horses were like come on come on come on you know they've been standing all night you know tied to the trailer so uh they were ready to you know you couldn't lunge them beforehand to burn <laughs> no. off a little of that excess energy <laughs> right and with the early morning start they thought they were going to do an endurance ride <laughs> absolutely yes <laughs> but, so luckily, um, luckily yeah. they figured it out so what? Let's yeah, let's ask yeah. you guys too. What happens at the end of the parade? I assume you're in a completely different location than where you started. So what happens at the end? In and out was there. They were fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> um, Got food. That's no, what happened at the end. <laughs> that was yeah. great. At the end, um, the awesome volunteers were there with. Dozens of water buckets. Our horses just sat and drank and drank and drank. And um, all the trailers had been already moved over there. We're parked along a uh, quiet side street. And, yeah, we just went over and tied them up and unpacked them. And I hate to say, I, I booked it over to In-N-Out to get my, my burgers. <laughs> <laughs> Those were the greatest my, burgers. <laughs> yeah, well, after you were starving as wife. Well. <laughs> So now, but I made sure my horse had food and water before I went. So while you guys were in the parade, your your helpers drove the trailers to the end. Is that what happened? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I didn't know how that worked. Got it. And that was neat because we got to ride past a lot of the floats that were all parked off mm-hmm. of the parade route as we rode towards our trailers. And that was neat. And then the other cool thing is once we were back at the trailers, um, I don't know if, if you were at the trailer at, at this point, Shelly, or if you might have been in the in and out Burger line. 
probably. <laughs> but the Budweiser Clydesdales went right past us. I mean, we could have just reached out and touched them. And, and, and that was just sort of a cool thing when they went by us like that at the very end. And they weren't looking tired at the end of that parade, were they? No. Oh, no, no. no. <laughs> like, you know, I was there when they came by and they just looked magnificent. And I tell you, that was that was the one great thing about being uh, at the LA Equestrian Center all week was meeting all these different groups that were in Equest Fest and then were going to be in the parade. Um, and the Budweiser Clydesdales were there all week and it was so great. The day before the parade, I went to watch my horse, and of course, she's gray, and I was having the hardest time getting her tail white, <laughs> and one of the Budweiser guys came over, and he just took half a gallon of Quicksilver and just dumped it on her tail, and we just let it, and he just scrubbing, 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 and that was the great thing is just, they just came over and helped me out. You know, so cool. um, they know how they know how to clean. That's one thing they know how they to do. They know how to get things white. And I yeah. tell you, uh-huh. I've learned a few secrets there from them. Cool. That's so cool. Yeah. Okay. Well, so what so, is on your on your calendar then for your first fifty? What What do you think you might get to do? I am going to try it. Actually, um, do I dare say with my stallion? And I'm going to come up for the run for the gold in Mariposa in June. Oh, good. So, okay. yeah, so Wayne is going to meet me there, and because my other mares will either have just foaled or are pregnant, so I thought, okay, um, my, my stallion's done a couple of nap track rides, so it's time to get him back out and um, see if he can do some 50s. He'd had a leg injury years ago, so I just want to see how he holds up, and hopefully, you know, he could be one I get to Tevis someday. His, um, his, uh, one of his aunts had one Tevis, uh, Fayette the Cameo. Oh, cool. So I'd really like to see him get out there and try Tevis. Well, have you got a website? Uh, yes, I do. It's um, www.sterlingshaggies.com. And shaggies are the, uh, the breed of horse that, that I have. Okay, can you spell that for the listeners? Yes, uh, shaggies. It's S-H-A-G-Y-A-S. Okay. Well, terrific. Thank you, Shelley, for joining us this morning. And um, I had fun hanging out with you and your husband, Don, a couple weeks ago. We had the best time, especially that last night, just hanging out in the bus. We really enjoyed meeting and really kind of getting to know everybody. And um, yeah, that was, that was a good time that night. So thank you so much for inviting me to the show and, and having me on. This was, this was a lot of fun. Well, good, good, good memories to relive. Good luck, Shelly, on your first 50, and there'll be less crowds. There'll be less crowds. That's one thing. So, <laughs> Definitely less crowds. Yeah, for sure. There won't be 70 million people watching, so you can screw up. It's okay. It's <laughs> thank God. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Shelly. Thank, thank you, Shelly. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. <laughs> yeah, that's a hell of a way to start. <laughs> <laughs> if your horse can handle the Rose Parade and Endurance Ride, she yeah, can handle some trails through the right. woods, huh? <laughs> you hope. You hope, yeah. It'll be that one turkey that flies out that's going to get them, you know? It's like a or million the, people, not a problem. One turkey, going to be a problem. <laughs> or the lone rock. Yeah, know? exactly. The or the, the plastic the, bag that blows across. <laughs> I know. The horses yeah. see the dumbest things and react, <laughs> you, you know? <laughs> Uh, it, it's sort of funny, but yes, after all the stuff in the Rose Parade and all those people and the noise, you know. I did think it was funny. You guys were talking about In-N-Out Burger. By the way, they must have had a thousand people be- there in line to get their burgers after the parade. But um, 
<laughs> you, I thought it was so funny. We just finished the Rose Parade. What's the thing Karen posts a picture of? Her burgers. She was so hungry. <laughs> it's like, I thought that was funny. Oh, and those were so good, too. <laughs> we had they a chance. Were. When we went to California this time, uh, or we went last year, we did our trip. One of the things on my bucket list for my whole life, because I kept hearing about them all, all, all along, was In-N-Out Burger, and we don't oh, have really? them here. Yeah, we don't have them here. Oh, okay. So we had to go to an In-N-Out Burger, and we did, and the place was packed. I mean, it was uh-huh. packed. Uh, but yes, they, were, they, they do have good burgers. That was great. You know, they gave each of us two, and if you were a vegetarian, they had uh, a choice of grilled cheese, and you got chips, your two cheeseburgers, and a soda, and... It was great. They Boy, did a great job. Well, you didn't want to job. come in behind that band of 700 kids, though, did you? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Could you imagine the <laughs> Should have been waiting a long time. <laughs> oh, gosh. And my husband was, he thought it was sort of cool because while he was in line, people were coming up and asking other members of our group about endurance riding and how to oh, get cool. involved in the sport. You know, so I think this was just an excellent So mission accomplished then? Yes, yeah. absolutely. It was a great marketing opportunity for the sport of endurance to show the world what we do. And, you know, there there was so much interest after we did the Equest Fest in our barns. They were packed for hours afterwards from the public coming and visiting our horses and meeting with them, excuse me, and talking to the riders. It, It was just a really cool thing to get to see how much interest that that there is out there and to introduce our sport, you know, to the world, basically. Very cool. Well, this has been fun hearing all about your adventures. You know how I feel about the Rose Parade. So when I heard you were doing it, I could live vicariously through you. Every year they've asked us to come out and do some kind of coverage there, but it's just a matter of getting it figured out and, and well, getting it Well, you need to. You've got to come and do cover the horses for yeah, sure. I know. You know, and I keep meaning to contact HGTV because they just don't know anything about horses. <laughs> <laughs> when they they really need a horse announcer, you know, a color guy who, when the horse they groups do. go by, that they can actually talk about it intelligently. And uh-huh. I'm not sure I'm that person, but at least I know a little bit more than the uh, the twins there that were covering it for HGTV. They actually exactly. did a better job than probably NBC or some of them did. Um, right. You know, right. and a lot of times the networks will break during the horses. That's when they go to commercial. Uh, so. <laughs> So you don't even cover it. But um, yeah, they, they've asked us every year. We just have it's also a thing on the bucket list. Now, now that you're experienced, you'll have to come along and help her do the coverage. <laughs> you know, it, it might be kind of fun to go as, um, you know, a support person or a volunteer or whatever instead of writing because you'll get a whole different experience, I'm sure. It would be interesting to do that for one of the floats the next time and see how that side of things goes. Uh, but that looks like a lot of work. The whole float thing. That's, that just looks like a lot of work. I know. Yeah. I know. And those floats were just, just looking at the flowers up close. Oh, my gosh. They were just gorgeous. Yeah, I can't imagine, you know, seeing them up close uh, and, and bigger than they look on TV, probably. Uh, well, you know, when you're on your horse, they, you know, it's no different really than, say, a semi-truck going past you yeah, on the highway, true. you know. Yeah. Only covered you're, in flowers. Right, only yeah. covered in flowers and with people waving and, and lots of noise. <laughs> <laughs> well, very good. That's Thank nice... you, Karen, for bringing this to us so that we could live through you. Sure. This whole time. Now, tell everybody, you, you did a bunch of pictures and posts. And I, I know that the photographer was there. So give out all the places where they can find stuff. 
Oh, yes. Uh, Lisa Peck was our uh, photographer for the parade group, and she has lots of great photos. In fact, I'll, I'll go ahead and add a link to her on my blog. Okay. I recently moved my blog to a new server, yeah. so it shouldn't crash anymore. It was crashing because it couldn't handle... You know, well, you know how things go when the yeah. servers get busy. Yeah, we know. <laughs> they crash. So I moved it over to an unlimited account now and uh, changed um, the hosting account. So now um, my blog is at karenchatton.com and I think everything has been moved and it's working. And I've got several blog posts over there with pictures and videos of the whole Rose Parade experience for those that want to see more uh, uh, or learn more about it. Um, go to um, my blog and check it out and I will um, post a link to Lisa's photos as well over there. And uh, one more thing I want to mention is now is the time to renew your AERC membership for 2016 if you haven't already. Um, the new ride season started on December 1st. So go to AERC.org or call their office at 866-271-2372. Very good. Sounds like a plan. And of course, uh, you can find all the past episodes here at Horses in the Morning of the Endurance episode. Just go to horsesinthemorning.com and search for Endurance or Karen Chatton. Either one will bring up all the past episodes, which has been years now, actually. Uh -huh. Hard to believe, but I think you're I in your third year. Yes. I think it is. Um, and, and, you know, this was a crazy idea that we said, oh, just come on, we'll try it. <laughs> so, I know. <laughs> and here we are all these years later. <laughs> and now you're talk, a celebrity. Talk. You're probably going to quit soon. <laughs> now that you're a celebrity in this. Hardly. Yeah. <laughs> and, of course, Karen joins us. Uh, she is here the second Tuesday of every month. And, uh, you know, so uh, mark it on your calendars if you want to tune in. The best way to listen to the recorded version of our show is Horses in the Morning uh, uh or Horses in the Morning on our app, uh, iOS or Android, just search for Horse Radio Network. It's free and it's easy to use. We mentioned the Equestrian Legends show. It's one we don't talk about too often. We only put out episodes mm -hmm. as we do them, uh, but we've done a bunch of different Equestrian Legends. It is a neat show because there have been different hosts that have hosted the, each, you know, different mm -hmm. episodes over time. And we've had some of the true Equestrian Legends in the horse world. Uh, we've had polo people, barrel racers, uh, we've had uh, drivers, show jumpers from around the world, and, you know, some of the oh, biggest cool. names, Pessoa, and on and on and on. And we've we produced 30 episodes. The reason that, I, that I'm part kind of partial to that show is it truly is an audio, you know, a lot of these people have written books, mm -hmm. but this is hearing their voices, and, you know, we try and, we try and get to them, obviously, before they die, um, because a lot <laughs> of them are really old right. when we did these interviews in their 80s and 90s and they just are telling it's just them just the host telling the story of their lives from the time they were little kids how they grew up where they went to school really the whole story of their life it's like a biography but it's in their voice and we want there was nothing like it we don't have a place where you can go listen to them talking about their own lives and their own voices it's different than a book right Mm -hmm. um, so that's why we did that's why we did that show and it's out there at equestrianlegends.com you can go listen to all the past episodes there uh, and I was trying to remember who we did first uh, and I just went and looked uh, who we had as the first legend was William Steinkraus was a show jumper uh, who we had as our first legend there 
all that oh, a long time ago now, but you can just see all the different ones that we've had. through. And, you know, there's been a lot of talk about Harry Delaire and the $80 champion. Uh, and right. uh-huh. we, he was episode 11. So if you want to oh, hear cool. him talk about his own life and, and, oh, you know what? We don't have to do Ju- Julie. You She's haven't. already been done. Episode 13. Oh, good. Wow. That was a while ago. What year was that? Uh, 2012. Okay. So four years ago, Julie's already been done. She probably forgot. But yeah, uh, Chris Stafford interviewed Julie uh, back in 2012. So if you want to hear that, just go to Equestrian Legends and look for episode uh, number 13. All right. So there you go. <laughs> I had even forgotten. But uh, that's one show we don't talk about too often. I thought. Well, I'd you do a, a lot of shows. Yeah, we've done. Uh, do we're almost at 4,400 episodes now. Okay. Yeah, so it's a few. I don't remember. And we've had over, now it's over 6,200 guests. So okay. I don't remember them all. <laughs> well, we'll forgive you for not all right, remembering thank you. one Appreciate then. That. <laughs> Uh, thank you so much, everybody. We'll see you again next month. Karen, we'll be back tomorrow uh, here on Horses in the Morning. Uh, Jamie will be here, and we'll have a Wednesday show for you. All coming up here at Horses in the Morning. Thanks, Karen. Thanks, Glenn. Bye. That was a wrong sound file. Let's try this one. I wonder why that was playing. <laughs>